1: You're welcome. Uh, AAA seven twenty-seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, and uh, exciting show for you today. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, it's just a it's pretty much just a normal show. But uh, there's some exciting things going to happen. And but usually because we stumble into something. everything like such as what I don't know. Okay. Uh, so uh, interesting, a new poll that just came out uh, in Utah. Uh, Donald Trump thirty, Evan McMullen twenty-nine, uh, wow. and then uh, Hillary That's Clinton great. is at twenty-eight. Um, thirty to twenty-nine. Incredible. Evan McMullen. I, I, we, we say this, <laughs> I love that. and we've said it before. Like I mean, Evan's been on the show. We like Evan. Uh, he's uh, you know seems like a good guy, very you know smart guy. But he wasn't like. Remember, at the time this was going on, um, Bill Kristol, who is a never Trump guy for many different reasons than we are. Uh, proposed David French, uh, the National Review writer, as a potential nominee, and it was mm-hmm. tossed around the media for a while. Now David French is a guy. If you go to National Review, or if you you know familiar with conservative circles and thinkers, like you might know David French's name. You know, he's not mm-hmm. like it's not like Jonah Goldberg. He's not maybe that big, or you may not, but you might not. Exactly. Like, I, I don't think I did. Yeah, I mean, You I, talked I, about I, him a lot, but I, I don't know who David French is. I had read his stuff on National Review, and I knew he was a smart guy and certainly a conservative guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it wasn't even to the level of, like, you know, the Jonah Goldberg class, as no. Trump would call it. Uh, you know, he's been on Fox, he's been on shows, but he's not, like, a guy who's constantly on every panel. You know, and people were like, like oh, come <laughs> on, he could never have a chance. Eben McMullen was not even near the David French level. He had, I think, 100 Twitter followers when he announced his candidacy. I wonder
2: how many he has now. Do we know the answer
1: to that? I can get you that answer, certainly. Because, uh, yeah, it says right there, right? It says on his uh, Twitter account. Do you follow him? Uh, I do. Um, uh, let's hmm. see. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. Mm-hmm.
2: So we went from 100 oh, right now, yeah. followers on Twitter. Which, well, by the way, he was what the chief advisor to the to the, so the uh, House policy, House policy advisor. 60, 69,000. 60, <laughs> 100. So 169,000 is pretty good. Last and, and and the last poll they did in Utah before this one, he was at 22 percent, and 50 percent of people didn't even know who he was. 50 percent of people didn't know who he was. So now he's at 29%, and I'll bet that number is still at you know, 45%. Right, I mean, and it's, that's the
1: thing with Evan. It's still it's, incredibly it's that, high. It's, he's, it's, he's got a huge ceiling in, uh, in Utah. It's what we always say about third-party candidates, and in this part, in this particular conversation, maybe sixth-party can, candidates. You only see five there. We don't have, even have Daryl Castle on the graphic. Uh, but this thing, probably sixth party is probably sixth-party is where you put Evan, especially when he start, launched this thing, although he had some you know, really smart people behind him. The issue here, though, is... What it's what's so frustrating about this binary choice argument. As soon as it's not a binary choice, it's not a binary choice. As soon as you admit that there's other people that might win, then they start winning. The reason Evan McMullen is successful in Utah is because people in Utah are taking him seriously and voting their conscience. As soon as people start doing that, then people like Donald Trump are fade away because the power of the Republican Party behind him doesn't mean anything when you have another choice that could win. And, you know, that might very well be happening with Gary Johnson uh, in New Mexico. There's been some polling. It's not been as close, but cl- close polling there. But now we have four consecutive polls with Evan McMullen over 20 percent. In uh, in Utah, some of those polls, I mean, I think the the worst one is uh, still double digits for Trump leading. Mm. Um, However, now it's on. We have one poll here that just came out today that has it as a one point race. And this is not only after, um, uh, you know, the first poll that had him in in, in that area and the Trump tapes and everything else. Also, we talked to him last week a couple of times on radio. We obviously do well in Utah. So, I mean, this is it's the it's starting to grow. um, And I think it's very possible. And smart people, not just idiots like us, but smart people are saying that he may very well be the favorite in this <clears> state. <throat> and you think about how significant that is, Ross Perot won zero electoral votes. Zero. Ross Perot got 19% of the popular vote and won no electoral votes. If he gets six, that's pretty amazing. That's amazing. For a the guy last, who's been campaigning for three months. The last person to do that was George Wallace <clears> uh, back in 1968. There was one electoral vote uh, that went to a libertarian, um, I want to say it was... Uh, 76, maybe, um, where it was just a, 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 a guy who had an electoral vote and just said, I can't, vote for the, I can't vote for the person I'm supposed to. And like it was a protest vote. And so they got mm. one. Um, I think it was 76. But The point, though, is that it's been a long freaking time. This has not happened yeah. often. And the fact that it is, is, uh, it is happening it, it was, it signifies two pretty important things. Number one, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are completely awful. They're as bad as we've told you they are. Uh, And the fact that Evan can can raise rise up and potentially get some electoral votes is significant. But as important uh, is the fact that Evan's done a really good job since he started running. He hasn't made any mistakes that I'm aware of as far as, you know, big, you know, gaffes or anything like that. He's shown that he's he might not be as conservative as you, but he's pretty conservative. He Mm -hmm. shows knowledge of every issue. Um, And Mm -hmm. uh, he has a good background and has has conducted himself well, unlike, you know, at times other candidates who may have had opportunities and have not been able to achieve that. Um, Now, I wonder if Trump will start targeting him, um, whether he will start getting ads in Utah running Mm -hmm. run against him. But we're seeing it. We're at a point now, ladies and gentlemen, at a point in which Hillary Clinton has announced a one week ad buy in the state of Texas. Hillary Clinton is spending money in Texas. That's how awful Donald Trump is. And that is something. Uh, I mean, did you ever think you'd see the day? Mm. I mean, where you're seeing that Hillary Clinton thinks she might win Texas? That's yeah. how bad this is. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's got nothing to do with third parties, by the way. There's almost crazy. no third party vote in that race. It's just that people are almost are voting to vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. That's how bad it is. Yeah, amazing.
2: Uh, and it's at a time when, uh, like, we had Bill Weld on the show on the radio show this morning. And for, he's on,
1: he's still in the bill. He's gonna be for doing an hour uh, the TV show as well today. I, I mean. It's just it's such a weird election
2: because you, you've got a Republican nominee who's not Republican in in almost any way. Mm-hmm. As far as policies, demeanor in any way, the guy is not Republican. Then you've got a Democrat who's essentially a socialist. And then you've got libertarians who are not libertarians. I, I don't even know what the hell is going on. So, of course, it's a guy, here, man. A guy like uh, Evan McMullen should do well, and he should do well in more states than
1: Utah. But that's, it's you his, know, it's his
2: home state. But it's viability, and, Pat. It's, and it's, it, yeah.
1: people are so committed <laughs> to this binary choice argument and so passionate about it. people. I mean, we, you know, and they're rejecting that in Utah. And they're rejecting so they're it in like, Utah. No, and as I'm soon not, as they start, I'm not bound to that, right? As soon as they start rejecting it in Utah, you see Evan McMullen goes to the top of the, of the charts there, um, and you'll see also, I think, in other states who are seeing Utah and seeing those polls realize, wait a minute, maybe it's not. And then all of a sudden it won't be a binary choice in their state either. Right. I mean, I think, I don't know that McMullen can go and win another state. It's it's, it's pretty close to the election. Um, Idaho is a big target. I think Wyoming is a target. Um, and there's several others. Uh, you might see the same thing happen with Johnson and Well. You know, there when there was a binary
2: choice uh, was, um, was when uh, uh, Douglas ran against uh, Breckenridge. Just a binary choice. Uh, and this Lincoln guy, <laughs> that's, that's a vote. That's a stick vote for Breckenridge. I'm not, a, I'm not voting for him. It's a wasted vote. Uh, take your vote mm-hmm. away from uh, Douglas and give it right to Breckinridge. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did do that. And uh, it seems like there's never been a President Douglas or a President Breckinridge, but there was a President Abraham Lincoln. Really? He was the third party guy in 1860. Huh. The Republican Party was the third party back then. There was huh. the Whigs, there was the Democrats, and and then there was the Republicans who had been around for 4 years. Uh, Literally 4 years. Yeah. Amazing, right? I, yeah, uh, amazing. Uh, uh, I mean, okay, so I could I... could somebody win next time?
1: Yes. I have never yes. believed the Republican Party was on the verge of falling apart like I do now. I mean, I, yeah, you know, look you me have it, like think about go back to the, you know, Bob Dole's running boring Republican guy. Uh, not a big, you know, threat. You know, he just wasn't that guy. You throw, you throw, uh, you throw um, uh, Ross Perot in there. He's starting the Reform Party. Mm-hmm. Tons of money behind it, obviously, with the Perots. Um, he's getting great numbers. Never, never at any point there that I think, oh wow, the Republican Party's over. There's never. I, I, like I just thought it was. Look, you know, Ross Perot is a kind of a special third-party candidate. People really. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you like him and like his messaging. Got 19 percent. He only got, I think, seven or eight percent the second time. Maybe nine. I don't know. Something in like that yeah. single day. It Dages. wasn't like the first time, right? And uh, but I never thought the Reform Party was going to take over America or replace the Republicans. You're at a point now where you legitimately, easily, could see a a split in the Republican Party in which it splits into two entities, um, where you have uh, you know kind of typical conservatives and Trump level nationalism. I think that's a real possibility here. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think Trump has the dedication to this cause, which he found five minutes ago, uh, to uh, to be the head of that movement. So in a way, it's going to be tough to happen, I think, if he's not the one in the Republican Party. Like I could see conservatives splitting off into something else. Um, you know, whether it would be to all go into the Constitution Party and make that more into a real entity or libertarians, potentially, or the other way around, uh, splitting into just a new mcmullen type separate entity. Mm-hmm. You could see that happening more. I think with Trump, like he's got money behind him. He's not going to spend his money. He won't even spend his money becoming president. I mean, he's going to spend, he thinks, $100 million on this race. Uh, and I, you know, the numbers, uh, as everything is with Trump, it does not seem like it would actually be that high. It might be 50 or 60 or 70. Still, it's going to be a, he's going to spend a chunk of cash. And so I'm not saying I'm not minimizing that. Um, but I am saying that, like, the guy's supposed to have ten point five billion dollars. You are in a race where you could be president of the United States. And this is what you're spending. Why aren't you spending five hundred million dollars? Let's just say a, mi- a minor number. Let, so it would shrink you down to ten billion dollars instead of ten point five. Again, I'm, I'm using him because he's so honest and he tells it like it is. I'm assuming his numbers are real. Why not spend five hundred million dollars on this freaking election? Why not? You have a chance to be president of the United States. You've got a major party nomination. And he's sitting back there, in the, you know, with, yeah, I'll spend, you know, seventy, eighty million 80 million dollars, which 50 of it he's already spent. Now they're saying, now he, they're already saying he's doing meetings with people about uh, a Trump TV network. And it seems like that's his goal. He, I mean, you know, he is walking all of his followers down this ridiculous path in which the, the end game is at the benefit himself. Yeah. Period. That's about it.
2: Uh, and yet, uh, the polls are fairly fairly close according to uh some of the polls there was one released yesterday from abc news washington post that's 47 43 clinton but I saw one this morning that was, I think, NBC,
1: yep. uh, Wall Street Journal. Fifty one forty one. Fifty one forty one. She's up by 10. Remember, when you have a margin of error, right, you're going to have some polls that show in double digits. If it's a seven-point race, let's say, which is what the average is basically saying, which is, by the way, McCain-level blowout. Don't, don't mm. let that number fool you. Oh, it's pretty close. It's within seven. That's a McCain-Obama-level election. And that's without the undecided. Nobody thought that was close. Nobody, nobody says, hey, you know it was close.
2: You know what it was at? an airtight yeah. election was that McCain-Obama race. That was, whew, no. It was a blowout. And that's the margin right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So think about that's, that. That's... So, but if that happens, if you have a seven-point race, you have some polls shown at ten and eleven. You just have some polls shown at three and four. That's what should happen. Yeah. That is the design of these polls should give you those results. So, three and four, you can look at that and say, oh, well, three and four is not bad. Remember, a four-point election is almost a McCain or Obama-Romney election. I think that was a five-point race. So. That's not close either. We all looked at that and said, you know, Obama beat Romney fairly handily. I remember being here
2: uh, covering the election. We were in this very room. And by 8 o'clock or 8.30 our time, we knew this thing was over. I mean, we kept seeing the states roll in one after another for Obama. And we thought, there's no way he can. And I think by 8.30 he was declared. So it was 9.30 Eastern time. It 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 was between 8.30 and 9.00 Central time. That uh, Obama was declared the winner? Yeah. I mean, if you remember uh, that... That's how big a blowout it was. was.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, uh, when we were doing the... I was doing all the election stuff, and I was, I earned the title, I think, from Jeffy, of uh, Little Black Rain Cloud, as I was... uh, (laughs) uh, Hashtag uh, LBRC. uh, LBRC. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Because, you know, you looked Mm. at the polls, and I didn't see the path for, for Romney to win. Though, there was a possibility, because the polls were much closer. Remember, the end polls... Nationally of Obama Romney was about a point, mm-hmm. so it was close nationally. It was the state polls that were troubling as we looked at them, yeah. however, when we went into those uh, when we went into the uh, election night coverage here in the blaze, there was a very specific indicator that I was looking for in early returns, and that was if you remember, there was a uh, Republican Senate candidate uh, that i 'm going to forget the name of in Indi- in Indiana. Um, he was, he looked like a pretty good candidate. He was like secretary of state. Uh, and yeah. then he had a comment on the back of the Aiken comments who said something yeah. about rape that was unfortunate. Right. Um, do you remember his name, Jeffy off the top of your head? I, I keep thinking Dick Luger and it's definitely not him. I can't think of a stupid name. Anyway, I started looking at the results of that, those early returns there. And what they needed to show was mm-hmm. that the polls were leaning much were leaning towards him. If you saw that indicator, you'd say, "Okay, the polls are based in a systematic way um, in favor of Obama and that Romney might have a shot at this. (laughs) And what we saw was it was the actually opposite opposite. there where he actually lost by more than was expected. And that was still to the to the end, which was Obama's polling in that um, race leading up to it actually understated the margins he won by in most cases. Yeah. Um, and you found that out pretty early. That's why in Indiana, in you get those results quickly. And it's why you kind of, I was like, wow, it had to go the other what, You have the name, Jeffrey? Isn't that Murdoch? Yes, Richard yeah. Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. Right, Richard? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, that was a one that when that happened, you knew it was going to be a tough night for Romney. And there was never a time in which he was able to turn that momentum around. He was able to hold certain swing states like North Carolina that people were thinking it was going to be close in. Um, uh, But uh, again, because Obama beat McCain in 2008 in North Carolina. And that's what we're looking at now. The battlegrounds aren't even the battlegrounds of McCain and Obama. They're unforeseen battlegrounds. There's states like Utah and Texas. They're putting money now into Missouri and Indiana. And again, those were states that were battleground in those elections. they're pushing it to the McCain level election. This is disasterville right now for the Republican candidate. Um, can he turn it around? I don't know. I know that a week from Andrew. today in Texas you can cast your vote. A week from today in Texas, in many states you can already do. Oh, it. starts in a week. In a week. So you're, you know, too soon, too early. Oh, it is too early. I mean, we are way behind. And we're behind I mean, a lot of states. states are, I think two I weeks we is too yeah. early. Yeah.
2: I don't know, maybe a week. I, I, I don't think know. So much can here. happen in yeah. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. I think
1: two weeks is the right number. I think this is three weeks if I'm thinking correctly with uh, with Texas because because it's the right. it's, it's November eighth, so you have oh yeah. Week in November. It's probably yeah. That's three weeks. So three weeks, two weeks. I think is I think in that's the right. Ra- Some of them are doing two months, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> two months is ridiculous. Uh, I think so.
2: All right, triple eight seven two seven Beck. Also, uh, over the weekend they had a scathing uh, little Saturday Night Live skit. With Alar Baldwin playing Trump, uh, here's a look at it.
1: Mr. Trump, same question. Do you feel
3: you're modeling appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth? No, next. <laughs> so you don't care about the kids? Anderson, I love the kids, okay? I love them so much I marry them. <laughs> you know? I've been helping kids my whole life. In 1992, I helped a kid named Kevin McAllister find a hotel lobby. <laughs> you remember girl. the documentary Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? <laughs>
1: yeah, they actually used their dumb documentary joke. Yes. I mean, not that we own it, but I mean, <laughs> it was one we make all the time. Uh, it's funny. The, the SNL funny. stuff is, uh, is interesting right now. Um, it, Donald Trump did not like it, as you see here. Watch Saturday Night yeah. Live. Hit job on me. Time to retire the boring and unfunny show, which he hosted just last season. Right. Um, Alec Baldwin's portrayal stinks. Media rigging election. Media Um, rigging election. So ridiculous!
2: Stop it! The media, I believe, did rig the election in
1: his favor. Yeah. If you remember, they knew he was going to lose. If he was a nominee, they gave them, (sighs) uh, he gave him unfettered access to the media. And while I look, I understand that it's more complicated than that. Cruz, Rubio, a lot of those guys turned down a lot of interviews. There's it's not just that they did Uh, it, but they did. They gave him unfettered positive media access. And by the way, it was rigged then. Right. He kept,
2: he kept saying that the media is rigged. The media, this election is rigged during the Republican primary. Uh, It's a rigged election. It's a rigged election. And then he freaking won. And now it's not rigged anymore. Well, the same thing will happen this time if he wins. But if he loses, that's when it becomes dangerous. Because if you keep telling people that this was a rigged election and your candidate lost because it was rigged against you, that's when you can cause violence to happen
1: in the country. Right. And and obviously, he's trying to to capitalize on that. He's fomenting that. He can't lose, so he's going to say he lost because it wasn't fair. So bad. Um, However, on the SNL part of it... It's weird because I'm I'm at a point. Obviously, I don't like either one of these two, so it doesn't. The the Mm -hmm. typical bashing, like when they bashed Bush or they bashed Romney, it it doesn't bother me with this guy because he's he he deserves it, and I can't stand him. uh, Is you know, and what he stands for. I will say though that people are bashing the, um, uh, and Trump is at least bashing the uh, Alec Baldwin portrayal. I actually really like it. I I do too. I don't don't know what it is about it that I like. I think it's like it's it's not really an impression. It's like a an exaggeration, it's like a caricature. It's not he's not like mm-hmm. accurate per se of Trump, but he's so over the top of it. I think it's very funny. It's
2: like it's like a lot of the things the impressions I do. They're not exactly, right. you know,
1: they're yeah. not exact. No, right. But you can tell who it is, right? And that's, <laughs> that's what, th- what it's like. And he's got a couple of the things down really well, like the pacing of it and certain yeah. certain mannerisms of yeah. Trump that are I think really. I, I honestly thought that was really funny. I mean, the I,
2: lip thing is very funny, yeah, right? But like, like, it's funny.
1: completely exaggerated. Yes, but but the last guy but, did a better better probably technical impersonation, yeah, he did. but it yes, wasn't he as did. good. It wasn't yeah. as good.
2: And this is Alec Baldwin. Yeah. You know, and they're going to go with that every day if they can. And so...
1: <laughs> it's, I mean, it's
2: uh, Alec Baldwin. That's a major movie star doing Donald Trump yeah. every week for him. That's pretty
1: cool. What does he make it per episode, do you think? I haven't seen any reports of It must this. be a lot. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's a I huge think- show, obviously, with a giant budget. Um, you know, you figure a norm... Well, we just did the top paid people in Hollywood, They
2: give him a 20 on the way out every week. The 20? Yeah, 20 (laughs) what? Because the top show... I, I would guess 50 to 100. Thousand an episode per episode. Because I mean, Probably. the number
1: one show on television is uh, Big Bang Theory, and their their top three stars are in each a getting a million per episode.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, Alec lot.
1: Baldwin's coming as he's a movie star, obviously. Oh, you know. And
2: this is a late night thing, and yeah. it, you know. Yeah, but I will bet it's fifty yeah. to a hundred thousand an episode. This gets him, him back. Uh, you know, he might not be
0: getting as much for this because this gets him back into some good graces of some people after he's had a couple of tantrums and. And, you know, he was most doing, people
2: have forgotten about those. though. I, well,
0: you know, OK. I mean, but they'll definitely have forgotten about it now. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's over now. He, yeah. Mr. I'm going to move out of the spotlight. I want to be out of the spotlight.
2: Well, he was just claiming not too long ago that he was unfairly portrayed in that whole thing that he did with his with the with the uh, w- the answering machine thing. Yeah, from his, his daughter. daughter. I, I don't care that if was you're like 10, 10 years, years old or 11 years old. You're a little rotten little pig or whatever it yeah. was. He called her. I mean that you're was spoiled, really spoiled, rotten little pig. That so, was really horrible stuff. That's rough. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven. Back. More Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. Um, but we want to tell you about your current phone carrier because if you're using anybody but Patriot Mobile, your carrier is using your money to undermine your beliefs. Now
1: I use uh, Communist Mobile. Is that the, is that a good? No, company, they're doing
2: or... really good things. Really <laughs> okay. good things. They're trying to rebuild the Soviet Union with it.
1: Yeah, I know. That's why I, I know. Thought that was powerful a... stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, they're all crappy. Um, they, they all do this. And, and you know, look, it's it, it's only part of the equation, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I know I'm the type of guy. I'm not going to go. Bull, I don't boycott companies. I never do that. I, I don't I don't like that. I don't want to get most involved. Most conservatives are like that, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like what I hear from conservatives, they never agree with that viewpoint. But I just don't like that. I think most people are just not into things like that. They just don't think about things, and they don't, they don't organize online or any of that stuff. I think mm-hmm. that's conservative. They'd like to, they like to, I think they would like to boycott certain companies. I'm, I'm not that way, however. Um, so, but it's one thing to uh, go after a company that's doing something that you don't even do business with. It's another thing, uh, when a company's taking your money, that, I mean, you're, they're actually benefiting yeah. your your political opponents and, and things that, not only politically, but your values. I mean, they're, they're spending your money on things that you don't agree with. They're screwing with. up your country. Is what they're doing. Yeah. Now, Patriot Mobile take is the opposite approach. And and I said it's only part of the equation because you need still to have good phone service. It's like if if McDonald's says something Mm -hmm. I don't like, and then I got to go to Bill's crappy McMuffin Hut, and their egg McMuffins suck. Well, I don't. You know, I'm not going to do that. Okay. (laughs) Patriot Mobile isn't like that. They offer nationwide talk and text with high speed 4G LTE data, competitive prices lower than what you're paying now. They get all the things that you need to have done with your phone. They get it done. And they donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice.
2: Yeah, so you get to have your values, but you also get to have the same quality service. Yeah. The, the best cell phones. Uh, and if you're locked into one of those crappy service contracts, mm. which I absolutely despise, they'll pay up to $350 in the fees to switch you over. And you'll get a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values you believe in. So go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Or call them at 877-367-7524, or again, patriotmobile.com No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which
1: fees apply. Uh, welcome back. Uh, Cracked Magazine. Are you a big fan? Oh, man.
2: I mean... You're a big subscriber. I know you're a you subscriber, know. but I mean, are you a fan? Oh, Please. Did you mention one of my? Hmm? No, that's not. Not
1: butt crack magazine. (laughs) Oh, I'm talking about crack magazine. Oh, never mind. Uh, So cracked is. uh, is, It's interesting because I don't know what it is at this point. I don't know. Um, It used to be like Mad magazine. Now it's a website. What I thought it was. Yeah. Now it's like a website, and sometimes they they post some funny stuff on there. So it's not a
2: magazine at all. It's a website now.
1: This one's from their website. It's uh, a.
2: You know the magazines will almost be extinct soon. We're pretty close. I just They're heard pretty of one. Right I heard of one. There was a reporter here from a magazine uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to him after he uh, after he had done after he was done interviewing all of us, and I'm kind of walking him out to the door, and and he said, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm I live here while while it lasts, or he, he was talking about his home, and, and yes. I said, you commute, and or do you have to? And he really doesn't have to, but he said. Uh, I'm still doing this while it lasts. And I'm like, that's going out of business. So, well, the magazine part. So, I mean, wow. Major magazines that have been around for decades are going under. Yeah. And, And just, you know, they'll still continue probably on the Web. But anyway, that's apparently what happened to
1: cracked. Huh? I, I potentially. I have no idea. I'm, I'm just saying it has a website that does fairly well, and they have some stuff that goes, goes fairly viral. This article in particular is it, has, is it behind a paywall? How do they make money from that? Advertisement. Just uh, you know, selling like ads, right? I mean, yeah. The police, you know. mm. um, how half of America lost its effing mind, and it's written. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story uh, if you can get past all the swearing. Um, which is about. It's written by a guy who is currently liberal, but grew up in a conservative area, surrounded by conservatives, and is mm-hmm. like, I would totally be on the Trump train if I was not here doing this. And it's, so he's trying to get perspective of why it's so shocking to people outside of those areas, uh, why Trump is doing well. So here's his, he's here's the six reasons. Um, it's uh, it's about the county versus the city. And this do we have this map uh, by any chance from the story that they have here? Um, there's a map it's, and you've seen it a million times. It's the map of the red counties versus the blue counties. And I don't think people understand this, that, you know, what is it? 90% of this, of, of the land area in this country is conservative. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just the cities that aren't, and that's where a lot of the population is and why, you know, Republicans lose elections. Um, but that's the first one that they cite, uh, Secondly, um, city people are different than uh, than country people. They, in small towns, this often gets expressed as they don't share our values. Uh, but progressives like to scoff at that. What values, like li- li- like literacy and homophobia, um, and it, and I think this is it's a good And that that's how they look at this. They look at this uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, as a the, the the I don't know, home time, hometown values, not as people being good to one another. You don't you need to shake hands on a deal. You know, you walk into a store, you can leave your door unlocked if you need to. They don't look at it like that. They look at it as, well, you guys just hate gays or you don't like blacks. And that's how a lot of people in cities view and Democrats view Republicans is why they can't understand. Yeah, because of their, their elitist douchebags. That's why. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good summary. And <laughs> yes. probably was utilized in this article, to be honest with you. Um, trends always start in the cities, uh, but not all of them are good um this is uh the cities always are living in the future um uh the perception of these cities um uh of of rural areas with cities city folk were turning everybody atheists uh, abandoning church for bisexual sex parties that 's what we were told was literally a sign of the apocalypse
2: uh, and there's some truth in that right i mean, it's I, like, I mean they are abandoning church mm-hmm. they are turning atheists many of them in in cities yeah. um and they're certainly fine with with same sex marriage. I sure. mean, I don't know if they're having bisexual sex
1: parties. Um, Jeffy, did you want to uh, chime in on? In, in, is that going on to Jeff City you're referring to, <laughs> or are we just talking? He'll send you a link if you need that. Um, I uh, this is uh, um, and this is I thought was interesting. Churches is where you made friends, met girls, networked for jobs, got social support. The poor could get food and clothes there. Couples could get advice on their marriages. Addicts could get try to get clean. But now we're seeing a declining, a startling decline in Christianity <clears throat> among the general population. Um, and uh, uh, it's a fairly decent article from a liberal. Yeah, it's a it's an know? interesting understanding. It's,
2: it's a it's a more sympathetic look at people who have a different uh, viewpoint than he does than you ever see in the in the mainstream media.
1: Right, I think so. Um, rural areas have been beaten up and, you know, interesting point here in that, like, uh, rural areas, people who live in these areas, a lot of times lived in communities and economies based on one factory being in town, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, uh, whether it's automotive factory or a parts factory or whatever, when that closes down, the entire city is dead. And what the, what they say in the article is, look, you know, these people in these rural areas believe their way of life is dying and it is. It actually is dying out. People are moving away. They're moving to cities. Uh, the values that they care about are dying, going l- less and less mm-hmm. in popularity. They're seeing that going away. And they see Trump as a guy who will come in and just kick the doors down and you know, beat up whatever, whatever, whatever is making that happen to you. He'll kick their ass. And that's kind of the, the, the way it's described in the story. Uh, See, there's a couple more points here. Um, Everyone lashes out when they don't have a voice. I think that's true. I mean, people see the media as dominated by leftists, and it is. Um, So they get pissed off and they do things that, you know, I certainly would argue are completely irrational, like supporting a longtime liberal that has done nothing nothing but be in bed with the media his entire life. Uh, But I mean, I can the lashing out process is understandable. Um, And then finally, uh, number one is uh, a holes are heroes. Which I kind of like this point, too, in that you say, well, why would you go to a guy who's such a jerk and such a dirtbag? And they kind of use as an example Tony Stark. People like um, you know, Iron Man uh, as a guy who's a douche. He just insults all of his enemies. He's a rich guy, gets out whatever he wants. And he's a hero in that movie. And it's a movie I like. I mean, I like the Iron Man. Out of all the superhero movies, I like that one.
2: People like Howard Stern. He's an a-hole to a lot of people. Or at least used to be. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think he's changed a little bit. But... But Trump is very much like him. And he goes in and kicks doors down and takes people on the same way Stern does. And this is great. Uh, he writes that the howls of elite outrage. So when the, when the elites are all yelling, this Trump is saying that and this and something else. the That's like uh, the sound of a bomb landing on an enemy fortress. And the louder they scream, the better it is for the people in the country. Because they think that's
1: great finally it's them who are under attack not mm-hmm. us yeah this is
2: this is a pretty good a article pretty good
1: analysis um yeah and they asked the question you never rooted for somebody like this kind of like an a-hole someone powerful who gives enemies the insults they deserve somebody with big fun appetites who screws up just enough to make them relatable like dr house certainly perfect example of that yeah although he was you know smart um or walter white who also was smart are um, any of the Walter several million White. renegade characters? Uh, breaking bath, Sorry. Oh. Um, or any of the several million renegade cop characters who break all the rules because they get stuff done. Um, but but those are fictional characters. Okay. Well, what about all those millionaire left leaning talk show hosts? This is again a cracked website. Um, you uh, you think they keep their insults classy? Tune into any bit about Chris Christie and start counting down the seconds until the fat joke. Google David Letterman's sex scandals. Yeah. But it's okay because they're on our side and everyone wants an a-hole on their team. I think that's a really good observation it, it, and it is real and it is true. I you know, I think the the problem here is not the instinct to want to fight back, it's not the instinct to feel wrong, it's not even the it's not even the instinct to have an a-hole on your team. I mean, we've had a-holes we've rooted for before in politics. I mean, there have been guys who come out and they say, you know, they'll they'll just lay down the truth. We certainly root for talk show hosts who say things that are offensive at times. We mm-hmm. we root for Um, you know, politicians who have the, you know, who come out and just tell it like it is. We actually, I think, understand that and like it. The problem I don't like about it is, A, you've gone to a person who's a bad guy. It's not just a guy who's insulting others. He's actually a terrible person. Uh, B, you're picking someone who doesn't believe in conservative values at all. He's actually the antithesis. You've run to, it's like to cure progressivism, you've run to a progressive. And that makes no sense to me. Not to mention, he won't do any of the things he's you know the good things you want him to do once he's in office anyway. As he's proven over and over again, the man has no no connection to previous promises he's made. So the problem is not uh, uh, we you know kind of made this point earlier. People are like oh the t- people like Glenn Beck, you're the ones that caused Donald Trump. You're no. the one that told everyone to rise up and, and that the media was lying to you and that politics, you know, Republicans were bad and you shouldn't listen to the establishment. Okay. Think about this for a second. It's like someone saying, uh, I will use this example because he just happens to be in my purview, but Jeffy, for example. he <laughs> would say, hey, Jeffy, you need to lose weight. And we say, you know what, Jeffy, you're, too, you're overweight and you need to lose some pounds. Imagine that that if something like hypoth- that would happen. crazy hypothetical. We say, Jeffy, you're fat. And we say, you know what, you need to do uh, simple to lose. You've got to do simple to lose. You've got to go with MetaFast. You've got to do it. And you said, you know what, I agree I need to lose weight. That's why I'm going on an all Twinkie diet. And we said, no, we we agree on we need to lose weight. But what you're suggesting you do to solve that problem is not going to help at all. You can't go to an all Twinkie diet. You got to do something like simple to lose. You say, no, I'm going all Twinkies. Would that be our fault for saying he needs to lose weight? No, it would be Jeffy's fault for choosing a horrible program to lose weight, which would actually have him gaining weight. And by the way, that's this election for you. (laughs) <laughs> That's it. You're choosing the old quinky diet America. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. Triple eight seven two seven back more patton is on the way. Including a new uh, Alex Jones clip that I think you're going to uh, What? It's going to Yay! horrify you. Horrify you. Yay! All right, uh, Alex Jones, uh, the most important person in all of broadcasting. I think that's fair. I mean, he's breaking every story of this election. He broke he broke the gay frogs. He broke the fish people. He broke uh, the shrimp. Gay frogs, uh, fish people. Shrimp that were going to go themselves. Shrimp suicides. Mm-hmm. Shrimp aside. Shrimp aside. As we've talked about it. Uh, <laughs> he's really got all the big things. And it's funny, I had... I, well, I, what uh, about
2: the golden babies? That wasn't this yeah, election, no, but it was a, a while ago. But the golden baby problem being eaten by Bilderbergers was... Broken by him. Yep.
1: Um, I saw, I happened to see uh, Glenn Beck this weekend briefly. Uh, uh-huh. And so we had a quick election-related discussion in which we were talking about Hillary um, critics. Hillary is doing drugs now. That was her, That's the latest gl- uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. conspiracy from uh, up. Uh, Donald Trump. Um, that she was doped up for the debate. And Donald Trump is saying this. Not Alex Jones, but Donald Trump is saying that she was on drugs and we need to do a drug test before the next debate. So, uh... I was. We were talking about this, and and Glenn pointed out something, which I think is true, in that he's just saying like Alex Jones has been running with a Donald Trump or that Hillary Clinton's on drugs thing for a while. He's just quoting what Alex Jones says on a show and just purporting, just saying it's fact, and all of a sudden it's in the mainstream. And we were like, we should go, well, We should look at this and see if there's other examples of this, and there are. I mean, all the big hmm. conspiracy theories from Hillary Clinton have been born on the Alex Jones show. Well, uh, apparently we were not the only <laughs> ones who noticed this. Uh, Hillary Clinton apparently noticed it and actually made an ad showing the mo- some of the moments um, where this has occurred. And I have not seen gay frogs mentioned by Donald Trump, but I assume it's coming. And this is sad. This should not be able... To- this should be an unfair ad right now. We should be showing you an ad and complaining about how unfair it is. But really the points being made here are fair. Watch. I will not let you down.
3: You will be very, very uh, impressed, I hope. And I think we'll be speaking a lot. Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake, with actors, in my view, manufactured. I will not let you down. The official story is a Fable and the an Inside Job is the only explanation. You will be very, very uh, impressed, I hope. They're the ones running ISIS. I mean, I've interviewed the cops. And and, and the people that saw the feds plant the bombs in Oklahoma City. I think we'll be speaking a lot. I think she's going to show up and uh, on drugs, though. She's going to be blacked out. (laughs) I will not let you down. She's a freaking demon and she stinks and so does Obama. I go, like, what? Sulfur. I have the government documents where they said they're going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so that people don't have children. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that (laughs) turn the freaking frogs gay. (laughs) And I'll tell you, it is surreal. (laughs) <laughs> to talk about issues here on air and then word for word hear Trump say it two days later. Oh, that is, it that is, is surreal. Amazing.
1: That's more than surreal. It's, now, it is amazing. About only half of the stuff wow, in man. that ad I've actually heard Trump say. So they took a, a little couple of liberty. I haven't heard yeah. say the gay frogs thing, for yeah. example. But the clip where Alex Jones says we say things and two days later they say them. I mean it 's not good for the campaign now Alex Jones said that about everybody every time he you know a conservative says anything, um, he says he said it in advance, and whenever anyone says you know nine eleven conspiracy or whatever he says he said it in advance but that 's not a good clip for uh, for Donald Trump. And elevating Alex Jones is a brilliant strategy by the Clintons because it puts him, associates him with conservatives when he's not at all conservative. The man was famous for blaming Bush for the 9-11 attacks. He's not a conservative. That is not what he does. Um, But it is a, a very, you kill two birds with one stone there. You associate this crazy conspiracy guy with Republicans. Number one. And of course, you know, he is tied in with the Trump campaign. And then you, you associate Trump with this lunatic. So it works on both levels for them. And, you know, the drugs thing, they didn't even put the clip in in which Donald Trump actually said exactly that about her with a drug test. Yeah. I mean, it is really uh, frightening. Uh, and as is that picture because it looks so much like Jeffy. <laughs>
2: really can, can you do the pose, Jeff? Do the pose what am I Come on, do the pose. Like a dancing do, monkey? Do the pose. Do it. Do it. No, dancing monkeys have much more value. But go Good. ahead. Let's Good.
1: do it. Do we have the picture?
2: Can we Jeffy? put the picture behind him? Is that possible? Or they put up. They put up everything. Put up fat there quick. That's for there sure. There we go. Yeah. They got it. They
1: got it. They're on it. All right. Um, here comes. Let's Jerry see it. With his, uh, Now move forward a little bit so we can see <laughs> Alex's face. Scoop back a little bit. Oh yeah. Now you're right in the middle of the face. Move forward or back. There, well, you, go. there you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, all fingers on your forehead. There you go. That's nice. I mean, <laughs> look a little bit more towards us. A little bit more towards us. A little bit more. A little bit a little more, more. A little more. A little on. more. There, there you go. go. There you go.
2: That is identical. <laughs> that is perfect. All right. Triple eight seven two seven Beck.
3: More of the Globalist show coming up in a minute.
1: Globalist, Globalist,
2: Is globless.
1: Turn the freaking frogs gay. Shrimp
2: are swimming right up to seagulls to be eaten. They're got, committing suicide. I got, I got, 727 Beck, Pat and Stu, welcome. Uh, we we're just discussing uh, the most important aspect of the weekend and, yeah. and life in general sports. And that's sucks. football.
1: I don't like sports. I'm uh, you not a do. fan of you it. You do, actually. You are a big yeah, I, fan. Ooh, I hate it. actually hate it. You don't like sports at all? Don't like sports. Don't need sports. Uh, don't to watch sports. Yeah, it doesn't have
2: anything huh. to do with the Philadelphia Eagles loss over the weekend.
1: Uh, has I will say it has little to do with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, what about the Blue Jays? That was not an, a fun addition. Uh, it was more the Blue Jays. Uh, I mean, the Blue Jays are down 2-0 in the series, and they're in big trouble. Uh, game three tonight, uh, the stupid Cleveland Indians and their stupid <laughs> team scores four <laughs> runs over two games and somehow wins them both. Uh, ugh. So that was a disaster. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, Although it's home field advantage, home uh, holding serve right now still, so it's not, a com- it's not completely over, but you've got to win tonight, obviously. Uh, to to really have a legitimate chance uh, to hold. So this they're game. back. So they're back home tonight. Back in Toronto, game three. Marcus Stroman goes tonight. Roof closed? Uh, probably. I don't know that. Close that roof, man. Um, but yeah. So that's. I mean, you know, like the, the next two games. I mean, and they're winnable. It's games. cold in Canada right now. It, it doesn't is. Doesn't matter. The they records better are, with the roof closed. In, in October, usually that thing. Yeah, chilly games. Chilly. Yeah. Um, um, and then the Eagles did lose as and well. And the Eagles lost. But um,
2: that quarterback, man, I hey, I really like Carson Wentz. He 22. is good. He's, he threw some passes yesterday in that game that were like laser beam passes between two defenders for, yeah.
1: I, I mean, he was good. They had their, uh, one of their linemen got suspended and uh, that it showed, uh, sadly. They had to put a rookie in there and he got destroyed in that game. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's funny. The Eagles were like world beaters. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. this is the most amazing yeah. team. Yeah. Two now weeks they're ago. Third, they're in third place in their division. That sucks. It happens fast in the NFL. And those, uh, uh,
2: those damnable Cowboys are I know. Dab- Dab- one Dab- now. Dak Prescott trained, baby. Ah, yeah, man, they beat like the they beat the Packers like stepchildren yesterday. Yes, they that did. That was ugly.
1: And they did not like that. However, you did I get did a good review like uh, for a good result of your BYU game. Yes, my
2: BYU nice. Cougars uh, won again against an SEC opponent, uh, beating Mississippi State. Is Mississippi State any good? I don't they're know. They're pretty good. Yeah. good. Yeah, they're good. They they took uh, LSU to the end, man. They, they lost that game, I think, 23-21. But I think now they're two and three or something. But uh, so they—I mean—they're not as good as they were last year. But they're still—they're an SEC team. Yeah, and we won. We beat them. Right. So you're Uh, not really—it's not you. Uh, Just you know—you didn't (laughs) even go to the school. So even the basic—I mean, uh, the we in the royal
1: sense—we all
2: win. Because usually with colleges,
1: you'll say we. However, you never were on the team. No. So that makes no right. sense. With mm. you, you didn't even go to the school if did you're not. saying it.
2: No. I didn't t- attend that nor any other college.
1: Although you did say you're, what are you, one
2: or more of your kids went there. One or more of my kids went there. Uh, yes. You didn't and, know the exact number. Of so did. I, I you didn't. <laughs> so did So did one or more of my brothers and sisters. Right. So uh, I do have some So they
1: of, is still appropriate.
2: Yeah. Okay. They won <laughs> over the weekend. And they play Boise State on Thursday night. Unbeaten Boise State. You into that, Jeffy, or what? I am. Big game. It's an exciting game. Big game. BYU doesn't play on Saturday anymore. college college No, they play when ESPN tells them to. That's (laughs) That's the new day. Do you want national exposure, or do you want to play on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock in the sunshine? Thursday night sounds good. Thursday sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) See you then. Too, by the way, uh, and and Jeff, uh, we're, we're trying to do something about that. I give us you know give us some patience. We're working on taking care of that.
1: We've fixed the glitch, though. I will say that. Yeah, we fixed the glitch. He will no longer be receiving a paycheck, but we we fixed the glitch. And these things tend to work themselves out by yeah. themselves. Yeah,
2: they do. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was asked about. Colin Kaepernick's uh, ridiculous little kneeling situation during the uh, National Anthem. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Supreme Court justice called it uh, dumb and Mm -hmm. disrespectful. Which it is. Both things. And disappointing.
1: Uh, All three things.
2: Uh, Kaepernick responded to her dismissing her criticism as merely the words of white people in power. I I I wonder if maybe he hasn't been told. The president of the United States is black. (laughs) You don't think he would have noticed that if it were true? It is true, and I don't think he's noticed. The attorney general of the United States of America is also black and a female female. right now. Uh, The attorney general of the United States before this one was also black. So, um, I I don't think he knows some things that he should probably be brought up to speed on. Ruthie, uh, Ruthie walked that back, though. She did. Ginsburg did?
3: Yeah. Yeah, She She
0: said, barely aware of the incident or its purpose. My comments were inappropriately dismissive and harsh. I should have declined to respond.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's probably true. I mean, you probably don't need to respond about a stupid football player kneeling. I mean, it probably is not the idea what you should do as a Supreme Court justice. However, of course, she's the most crazy liberal Supreme Court justice there is and would side with him on every single issue. Uh, If it came to the courts, uh, would constantly be voting against, uh, you know, uh, constitutional values. Certainly. And in her
0: answer, uh, the first one, dumb and uh, disrespectful or dumb and whatever she called him, she also went on to say, no, I don't think you should be thrown in jail for it. Well no one I mean No one no one said anything about that. so no she already she already threw the the uh, we're gonna take it to the <laughs> farthest extreme
1: <laughs> right in the answer. Jail? What? I don't think no Nobody's talking that. about that. So ridiculous. Man, I mean, come on. And, 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 and I'm glad she mm. walked it back <laughs> for the sole purpose of, I didn't want to be on the side of Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> on anything. I, yeah. I'm glad that I go back to my normal life opposing her and everything that she stands for. Who was it uh, that destroyed the
2: 49ers this weekend, 45-16? Uh, 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 beaten by almost 30
1: points. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Colin, Colin wasn't quarterback, uh, but he was good. still... Uh, backing up, right? No, I mean he's, no, he's started. started. I oh, he um, started. No, I know he did.
2: Yeah, we did. No, I know. I know you know, know but I'm but I mean, just reminding you. It is annoying on the um, air. Uh,
1: that, uh, which uh, is interesting Buffalo. because oh, yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo freaking oh, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo destroyed them. Well, the, Buffaloes Buffalo. Destroyed them. Well, the Buffaloes played fairly well. Yeah, they? they're good. Um, they're pretty good, <laughs> and, and and everyone knows San Francisco's terrible this year. They they're, they're uh, in a rebuilding. uh oh, about 45 to 16. Yeah, well, oh, they're going to give yeah. up a lot of points because they're you know you, you run an offense like that and yeah. you're going to give up a lot of points. An offense uh, like what with Colin Chip at Kelly. the quarterback? No, with Chip Kelly because you're running a lot of plays and you're, you're... Yeah, he's going to have a tough season. Oh yeah, they're going to be terrible this year. But I mean, everyone knew that going in. Yeah. Um, you know, you play and he didn't want to play Kaepernick obviously, but they were so bad that he was sort of forced to. Huh, that's strange. I wonder who the quarterback to, to, was that he had to play. One the trip to Gabbard town but didn't wind <laughs> oh, 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 that's right. Yeah, Kaepernick, but Kaepernick's terrible. I mean, he's a terrible quarterback. And it uh, seemed he, he had, had one good year, and everybody started thinking oh maybe the guy can play and
2: yeah. then they realized no he's a tattooed douche and yeah. uh, so
1: so there you go surround what is it what is his uh tattoo surround, surround your heart even even uh even eat, attack eat. remain it's a psalm looks like I can't quite read
2: it even if attacked surround heart is that what it is surround heart surround, maybe, surround your heart right. surround I don't know Anyway, there he is. I don't know. There's a lot of,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there you go. I don't know. Two, so- he,
2: but he's the quarterback of the team. He can't get any more than one uh, one of his teammates to join him in that stupid kneel.
1: Yeah it's it's just obvious.
2: Good for them. I, I say good for them oh, for, yeah. for for not going along with that. A thousand percent. Uh, really really stupid and they and now every black athlete is asked.
4: Yes And, Which is unfair. and cross, yes.
2: Uh, crossing sporting lines. Mm-hmm. I mean they're talking to LeBron James, oh LeBron are you gonna kneel when the national anthem is playing <laughs> hey, what are you asking me that for? Because I'm, not, I'm, I'm black not in football and, an right. and I'm not in the NFL. And uh, I I don't have anything to do with Colin Kaepernick. It, it, because I'm black, I'm expected, I have to kneel at the national anthem. Which, by the expect? way, to his credit, and it, no, don't do it. made me like no, the guy do it. more.
1: No, don't do it.
2: The, to his credit, don't he said, it. no, I'm not going to kneel because that's not who
1: I am. Ah, crap. See, I have my Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing back no, to normal. No, no. And now no he's, he's have to say something good about LeBron James. Yeah, you not do. Not this week, okay, Cleveland? No, you get nothing from me. Screw him. Everyone should kneel, and he's a bad guy for not doing it. Although um, I will say
0: that, uh, you know, I read a big thing on uh, the NFL and the ratings slipping. You read? Uh, this weekend. I did. I did. Well, I mean, we didn't I, know you I, could I, read. Look, no. I, I, I I'm I sorry, know. I'm teaching my daughter to read. Okay. She's, she's eight or nine. Or is like that. She's teaching you to read. And what? she's... Is that what you meant? Right. She's that. reading to me. Okay. And uh, during this entire article. Not once in all of their analogies of what could be causing it, did they mention this?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of places have mentioned it. I I tend mm-hmm. to be a skeptic on that, to be perfectly honest. I mean, uh, you know, you got a lot of. Th- I want to believe. Uh, yeah, I mean, Let I me believe. I, part I of believe. me wants to believe. Although, you know, I'm not a boycotter, but I mean, part of me would like to believe that. People are like, all right. I can't take these athletes, and they right. might be
2: quietly just saying, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna
1: support. I will that. say, however, you pointed out. He's got one guy on his team yeah, going on. Really, he's not being is, successful. the media right. is
0: bashing it, though. I mean, the media is nonstop talking about it. As, uh, they're you know, talking the about it, it. not bashing I don't know. They're bashing it. They're crossing it. lines. They're
1: saying it's really the only sense. I mean, the, the impression you'd get from the media coverage that's the only sensible thing for a black athlete to do is to is to not yeah, stand for that, it. And, that, and that drives me nuts. That drives me nuts. However, the athletes themselves, generally speaking, aren't listening to that. They're going out and they're playing for yeah. games. I mean, yeah. I, I, and I think the NFL, honestly, has handled this really well. What the hell were they supposed to do? I mean, you well, know, they came out they're and they're going
2: to say, what are they going to say? We're, we're, you have to stand? Yeah, you can. not uh, I mean, you I don't think that's a good that. answer. And no. I
1: think they've done a good job in, in, in trying themselves to. I do. Well, you think you do I what? think
0: that's a good answer. What? Tell them the team should stand. You, so they you're make, saying they, they, make they make should force. The, They can't that's wear a American certain patch on the helmet. They can't wear. They have to wear certain shoes. No, they, they do have force wear them to do a lot jerseys. of things. Yeah, they, have they to do. this. Hell yes, you stand. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, that,
1: I think that's, that's part of the deal. I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, you know, personally, but I mean, it's still I can understand. I mean, it's a fair point. They certainly do micromanage their lives. Yeah, I just they think do. That, you know, like look, you, you, you got to
2: wear a certain shoe. You can't put anything on it. You
1: can't do this. You can't that. I think this is the case with every single person on this in the country if you feel that you you, you're being you know violating your beliefs by standing for the national anthem you i don't think you should stand for it i just think you're dumb right Right. i mean there's a big difference there there i think colin kaepernick is is plainly an idiot for his stance however i don't care if he takes it it does not affect me at all and i and i will say i don't it does not even it doesn't even cross my mind to not watch the NFL because Colin Kaepernick, this moron, gets into the league and decides to take a knee. A knee. Uh, Doesn't even e- cross my mind.
2: Yesterday during the was it the was it the Green Bay Dallas game or Texans and Indi- I think it was Texans and uh, Indianapolis. Uh, they pointed out after the national anthem that there was one guy on the Colts who kneeled. Right. And so I, I mean, just ignore him. Yeah. Right. Just ignore right, them. Right. But they did. They pointed out, but that's my point. oh, and they're one the- guy during the national anthem took a knee and it was this guy on the defensive line from the oh, Yeah. The Eagles had a couple of guys that one were putting
1: their fists up in the air for idiot. a while. I don't know if they're still doing it, um, you know, but that's pretty ridiculous. So
2: it really hasn't it hasn't spread like a contagion. I will say that it's no. just not that contagious. I did expect it to.
1: I, I kind of did, too. And I'm saying that the NBA, they're, they're pl- there's going to be a lot of it in the NBA. Oh, there's, I really yeah. Bet. Yeah. Um, you know, eh, Whatever. Right, go ahead. That's go why, ahead. again,
2: good for LeBron for not playing along.
1: Yeah. Um, do we have time for this still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, we uh, talked about this briefly on air. We had Bill Weld, uh, the VP candidate of the uh, Libertarian Party, on the show with us today. Um, and actually, this, you know, coincidentally, he didn't come down to answer my questions. Um, uh, however, he coincidentally was in town, came on the air um this previous friday we did a segment on the wonderful world of stew and i want you to see it um it was questions uh, for gary johnson as a conservative you know libertarian leaning guy mm-hmm. we've talked about this a lot and that this is a uh, i think a, a real opportunity for the libertarians to achieve something they haven't been able to do before and regardless of who my vote goes to i will I do hope that they get some of these voting uh, – whether they don't have to deal about ballot access or maybe get matching funds or whatever. Um, because, you know, I want there to be other voices. I want the Libertarian Party to be empowered. And, you know, I, some of the things that, um, you know, uh, that Johnson and Weld are talking about, I don't necessarily agree with in uh, many, you know, many of the things. So I picked five of the big ones. The five big ones I kind of heard from people um, as well as concerns that I had as from a conservative perspective for the Johnson campaign that I – because, I, you know, I went into this, Pat, with the idea of, look, I understand voting for a libertarian, there's going to be things I disagree with. I'm usually uncomfortable with libertarians at times. They'll come to things and be like, well, we don't need government in this area. And I'm like, well, maybe we do need a little bit, a little bit of government. Like, usually they make me uncomfortable that way. You know? <laughs> no danger of that this that time. That doesn't seem to be the issue. So, <laughs> no. this time. So that's what I focused on with hmm. these questions, sort of multi-part questions for the Johnson campaign The cool thing is they actually answered these questions and we'll tell you how to get those answers coming up in a minute. But first, watch. Dear Gary Johnson, I want you to know that my vote this year is incredibly gettable. If you can convince me that you are not interested in murdering the world's most adorable puppies, that's probably enough for me to check your box. And no, neither of the main party candidates have even come close to approaching the standard. Don't get me wrong. I understand, Gary, that you're not conservative, nor do you claim to be. If libertarians and conservatives agreed on everything, there wouldn't be a need for both words. But Gary, help me help you. Answer some of these questions to some level of satisfaction, and you'll probably get my vote. Question one. Fundamentally, libertarianism is all about personal liberty. With abortion, you have an issue where two people's individual liberty are affected, the mother and the child. If the child's liberty was not part of this equation, no conservative would get worked up about it. We don't oppose plastic surgery that removes clumps of cells. So A. Your defense of abortion seems to center around a freedom to choose, but the government empowering one group of people to choose to wipe out another group of people seems quite distant from the libertarian vision of freedom. How do you square this? B. Given that there are downsides to both individuals, the woman not being able to make a choice she desires, and the child not being able to live, shouldn't we err on the side of life guaranteed in the Declaration of Independence? C. Do you see any limitation on abortion that is appropriate federally? For example, a ban on late-term abortions. D. In your view, should the states be able to pass limitations on abortions? would they have the same opportunity to act as laboratories of democracy that you celebrate for marijuana and healthcare? Question two. Religious freedom is an important issue for conservatives and not something we feel can be fairly summarized as a black hole that is just an attempt to incite culture wars. Specifically, I hope you can understand how conservatives find your response to the story of the baker forced to create a cake for same-sex weddings a bit troubling. It's not about baked goods. It's about how you might deal with issues of religious freedom as president. On our show, you described a slippery slope in which religious groups could use religion to systematically discriminate against others.
0: Does a photographer who is deeply religious and just doesn't want to participate in a gay wedding, do they have to take the photographs?
1: Well, I think, and you, you, you know, this is a great discussion here to have, um, and, and I would like to pose this to you. If you're going to support uh, the notion that he should be able to discriminate and not have to offer his services, mm-hmm. are you not taking the stand then that you would not have signed the
3: Civil Rights Act of 1964? Because basically that's no. what is at
1: issue, is a, is a private business owner uh, being able to discriminate, in this case, uh, on I mean, the basis of religion. Well, religion could carry over to being um, L, L, LGBT.
3: It could carry no, over it's, to... No, no, hang uh, on just a second. To,
0: to, no, I think that's a really
1: low and beneath you argument, <laughs> um, very specious ar- argument here. While I see this as incredibly unlikely at this point in our history, and I see absolutely no sign of it occurring on a regular basis... I suppose with some made-up religion, it could theoretically be possible. Essentially, what you are describing is a lack of a limiting principle. But there is also no limiting principle on what the government could do to force business owners or individuals that might violate their faith in the name of discrimination. So the question, as a libertarian, why are your defenses up against what individuals might do to others in a free market economy rather than what government might do to overreach into a constitutionally protected area. Question three. In an interview with the Juno Empire, you supported the idea of a global warming fee on carbon emissions, as long as it doesn't harm jobs, which of course it would. Regardless, you backed off of it almost immediately. Quote, with regard to a carbon tax, if any of you heard me say I support a carbon tax, look, I haven't raised a penny of taxes in my entire political career, and neither has Bill. We were looking, I was looking at what I heard was a carbon fee that potentially, from a free market standpoint, would actually address the issue and cost less. I've determined that, you know what, it's a great theory, but I don't think it can work. And I've worked my way through that. So we're talking about taxing, or feeing, the overwhelming majority of our energy, the lifeblood of our entire economy. A- How on earth does that sound like a great theory to a libertarian? B. Why did this take more than three seconds to reject out of hand? C. There is no carbon fee that exists from a free market standpoint. This is not a question, but I could not stop myself from saying it. D. And most importantly, you are certainly correct that it would not work. But why is that what stops you? If it was something that would work... Would it then be appropriate? Some of the most oppressive government policies in world history were quite effective in achieving their objectives. Is it the effectiveness of government intervention that drives your decision-making process? Question four. The most common argument I get from conservatives that reluctantly support Trump is that Hillary Clinton will definitely nominate horrible justices. Trump will only probably nominate horrible justices, but at least there is a chance that he might be disinterested enough to leave it up to somebody else who will get it right. This should be a layup for any libertarian. Yet when given the seemingly golden opportunity, your VP candidate Bill Weld pointed to Stephen Breyer and Merrick Garland. As Ilya Shapiro of the Libertarian Cato Institute points out, Weld praises Justice Stephen Breyer, and Judge Merrick Garland, who are the jurists most deferential to the government on everything, whether environmental regulation or civil liberties. So, A, why Garland and Breyer? B, since it was your vice presidential candidate talking, perhaps you don't agree. Can you give a few examples of jurists you would nominate? Remember, even Trump hit this standard, despite sort of backing off his own commission list the next day. C, What are some past justices that you most admire? And D, what is an example of a not-so-obvious ruling that you found particularly wrong-headed in the past? Finally, question five. I ask, what drives Gary Johnson? The elements of your platform that appeal to conservatives do exist, but seem to invoke zero passion or interest in you. Shrinking government and lowering taxes don't seem to drive you. Legalizing marijuana, abortion, lack of war, and marriage equality seem to be the featured positions you want to talk about. And I use the little quotes on marriage equality because you also seem to have the democratic, not libertarian position on marriage, which you eschew because it would be a bureaucracy nightmare, a position that would disqualify essentially all of libertarian thought. But I digress. You continually claim that you agree with Bernie Sanders on 73% of your platform. The man is a socialist. He wants the government's hands in everything. This percentage is either not true or you're running in the wrong party. It is based on, quite obviously, a flawed political survey. What gives it prominence and credibility is the fact that you keep talking about it. Every time you say this, you lose another huge chunk of conservative voters. Finally, your interview with Guy Benson was downright frightening. You spoke about being offended at his use of illegal with the frenzied passion of a wild-eyed activist. Your explanation as to why the word illegal was so offensive to describe a person that did something illegal was, quote, it just is. You have defended President Obama's executive amnesty action where he basically decided unilaterally that he was going to uh, issue work visas to millions of adult illegal immigrants who are here in the country. Un- undocumented, by the way. If you use the term illegal immigrants, that is very incendiary to our Hispanic population here in this country. Why is that? It I'm just gonna... is. Whew. So, A, as far as the meat of the issue, you seem to like the outcome of Obama's executive action on immigration. But would you attempt the same type of process to get that outcome if you were president? B, Do you endorse executive power as a means to an end in general, or is it just this issue? C. You seemingly make the argument for executive power, even when you might be aware that it's unconstitutional, to force action from those you disagree with. That can't possibly be your actual position, can it? And D. Perhaps most centrally, if conservatives could see the sort of passion you have against upsetting the feelings of illegal immigrants by calling them illegal immigrants, one time, for a conservative cause, like cutting regulation, freeing markets, lowering taxes, the Constitution, or an originalist Supreme Court, you could win over millions of voters. But would that passion be real or forced? And one last thing, as president, will you murder the world's most adorable puppies? I await your answers. So to review, I don't ask these questions to try to make some snarky point. I honestly would like answers to them. Not every candidate is great in soundbite form. So I thought this would give attention to longer form, well thought out answers. I have posted these questions in a piece on medium.com and we have submitted them to the campaign as well. You can find it on my Twitter and Facebook page. Share them widely and ask Gary Johnson to answer them. You deserve it. And Gary responded. Uh, he actually took that seriously and uh, and, was, and was you know I think well there's a lot of questions that you have there um, and we're going through the answers he sent them along I, you know we've been he sent them along right at the beginning of the show so I haven't had a chance to actually read them yet so maybe uh, they're really good or maybe they're not but just the fact them.
2: that you have to ask those questions so. of a libertarian shows you how bad this libertarian is
1: well uh, that, I mean those are uh, that is. Agonizing. Yeah, with the exception of the abortion one, which there's disagreement among libertarians. I mean, Ron Paul was pro-life. Uh, many libertarians are pro-choice. So that one, you kind of go into the picture wondering which side you're going to get. The other ones, though, are, seem to me to be layups for libertarians. All should of them.
2: be. Should be. I mean, you know, it seems. I mean, the I, immigration might be another iffy one for libertarians. Right, but this,
1: I didn't but ask about immigration. I asked the, about executive yeah. power. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's you know <clears> like, that's a layup too. Right. I mean, I you know I don't understand. Supreme
2: Court justices, layup. It should be, should be a layup. A- and instead he goes to Stephen Breyer, uh, at least Weld did. Yeah, um, we, sh- we should have talked
4: to him about that. wish we would
2: have remembered that on the radio interview, which I did not. And uh, so um, we didn't ask uh, Weld about his Supreme Court justices, but he, he wouldn't be the one anyway. However, he may give some input if he were. Of course, these guys aren't going to win, but should they be in that position? Right. The I mean, vice president would be in a position to offer input into uh, Supreme Court justice, and I mean Stephen Breyer. Come on now, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean he's
1: terrible, terrible, uh, terrible. And I, I don't know if it was just um, you know you know we never got a chance to actually talk to him about this in particular, but I don't know if it was just a, a tone thing. I mean a big a big issue that I think both Johnson and Will have tried to seriously address is the tone of the campaign. Or, you know, Hillary is rough, as we know. Um, And Trump is obviously rough as far as, even if you like him, you know, he's insulting everybody. He's, you know, saying everyone should go take drug tests before the freaking debates and things like that. Like they, Johnson and Will have been very, very, maybe to their fault, calm, balanced, not like, with the exception of that moment with Guy Benson, which, you know, Johnson really went off. Generally speaking, have been very measured. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. So maybe that's what they like about Breyer is like he wasn't as uh, you know, he's more measured, you know, as far as tone goes. But maybe. I mean, that's the only thing I think you can point to pretty bad, though. Yeah, uh, it's so. an upside down
2: world. I mean, when you got libertarians like this, it's an upside down world. And that's why it's really important and really smart to get prepared for whatever may come in in, you know, any time down the road, whether it's just natural disaster or something man brings
1: about. You want to have a supply of food on hand. Now, uh, my Patriot supply offers uh, emergency food supplies, and they, it's food that tastes great, and it has mm-hmm. uh, a long shelf life. I think it's 25 years. Uh, and even if you open it, it's still a year uh, that it stays uh, you know, fresh and, and, and you're able to eat it. But for $99, really any food, and under any circumstances, you know, four weeks, I mean, that's never going to happen. And four, four weeks of food for $99 is a great deal, no matter what kind of food you're getting, despite the fact here you're actually getting good food that lasts a long time and it will get you through any emergency you might have.
2: Yeah, so don't wait for a disaster to strike. Give them a call today. Get this one checked off your list. You got that done. 888 411 888 411 Limited two per caller. But you can go to, uh, if you don't have a telephone, or you'd rather take care of it online, Go to preparewiththeblaze.com. That's preparewiththeblaze.com or 888 411 5290. Is true? Half of all men are shaving their legs? <laughs> It's on the Drudge Report right now. Half of men
1: are... Let me see if that's an
2: uh, InfoWars story. <laughs> Let's see.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's true. I will say that Drudge is, uh, while you're mm. looking that up, Pat, a Drudge is teasing a uh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton lesbian sex scandal. Right, coming your way huh. soon. So that'll be... So at least we're going to elevate the campaign a little, little bit. These are somewhat connected, this. then. Uh, is going to get a siren alert at the top of the page? <laughs> Uh, I well, when, it, so.
2: when it's revealed, yes. Because
1: okay. they put, they put uh, his tweet was a picture, uh, it was like uh, Hillary Clinton's sex stuff. Well, you've got some coming, Hillary, or something like that. And it was just a picture of him, her talking to Ellen with no explanation. Like I don't think the sex scandal is her and Ellen. It's just like, hey, we're telling you it's a lesbian because Ellen is a lesbian, you know. He is the worst. I don't know how you even go to that site. I mean, I have not clicked on that site in so long, I can't even tell you. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is our phone number. Almost half in-
2: of men admit to trimming or shaving their leg hair. An eyebrow-raising admission, even uh, for a generation of sporno sexual manscrapers. Spo- sporno sexual. Jeffy, we're all looking at you. What's that sporno?
3: Uh,
0: uh, I use it on a couple of my sites, but.
1: Jeffy is here, um, sadly, but uh, with him is, uh, well, I mean, you see what's going on here. Look at Keith. Look at me. That should have been the punishment. I should right. have made him shave his legs. Right. Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, Keith no. and Matthew are here. they had. A, they were here. They I joined us last. I don't
2: think the. I don't think the protection was part of this equation. No, no it's not. Oh, it was I mean not. that. Oh. That is lame. No, I was worth a shot. That's in the lame. Right. yeah, lame. get that
1: off. Yeah, thank you. Now, if, yeah. if you joined us uh, last week, uh, you still have protection on. Oh, yeah. no. Where did this go from? <laughs> what is this? Keith and uh, no. Matthew had a bet of who would uh, win the Falcons. Um, uh, if, uh, Seattle Seahawks game this past weekend, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I would say is you should probably half pour some water on both of you after watching mm-hmm. the end of that no game. In which Richard kidding. Sherman basically committed a, a, an assault. Yeah, <laughs> really. no, no, no kidding. Uh, and in no slow mo,
3: everybody's a good ref. <laughs> yeah. In real life, uh, it was, it fast was fast. Very bad. obvious. In fast, you know how many texts I got? Like that was that was so he cheated. He sh-.
1: I'm like, listen. Hmm. I mean, look, these... Don't, heated, don't leave it you know, on the refs. Abs- you're right no. on that, I, I will say. And, I believe... And, and I Richard believe... Sherman is, uh, you know, a horrible human being, obviously, anyway. <laughs> well, um, never but in addition to that... Wait,
3: he's wearing a Mike Vick jersey,
4: and Sherman's yeah. the horrible it human Havoc being? had some, some It's issues.
1: defeat personified. That's what I was going <laughs> for here, okay? So, what was the bet again? One of you... It was... I, gotta, I gotta
4: dump a giant bucket of ice water over his
1: I
2: believe it was... I wish a, you had uh, hair. Make it, it, it even it, better. Like, get the hair... It's about this high, the bucket, if you'll recall. What? You
0: no, know, I have a
1: different um, bucket. Oh, okay. good. So, I don't
3: like where this is going. It's like the bucket of attraction. So you the bottom go line is the Seahawks do won it the now? game. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, uh, and, and Keith will be punished. Which, you know, yeah. look, I don't care about the Seahawks, but I do care that Keith will be punished. Right. I think that's a good outcome for the show. Yeah. I like, I like I the
2: way the segment started. I don't like how it's <laughs> going now. Uh, but now, instead of just despising Richard Sherman, which I did, 48 hours ago, anyhow. Mm. Um, now I would actually like to hear him scream in agony and pain uh, next <laughs> week. Uh, so I don't know who you're playing, but um, oh, wow. good luck to whoever
1: the uh, Seahawks are. Uh, up I mean, look, you, on a big play like that, you cannot miss that call. That, uh, <laughs> that, uh, look, Correct. they may have missed the field goal. They may have turned it over on the next play. A million things are going to happen. You can't yep. give them the game, but that's a terrible yes. missed call in that spot. Horrible. I mean, you cannot miss that play.
2: Yeah. That was egregious. That was a really egregious no call.
1: Yeah, why are you? We're not hearing from Matthew. Same thing that happened to BYU, by the way.
2: If you remember, same thing that happened to BYU against Utah.
1: Twice. That'll yes. Oh, my Same gosh. Thing.
2: Did you watch Same thing. that game?
0: Holy <laughs> co- Yes, I did. And you the, did. Uh, BYU were, was robbed. We
2: got robbed. It. We got robbed. Anyway. All right. All right, right so it. are we going to dump the water on gonna him or what? You gonna or, what? or what? You're going to do it now or what? You're
1: going to do it outside. Yeah. Okay. Don't do it. And then give us the, send us the footage and yeah. we'll, we'll show everyone. So we don't
2: okay.
0: get
1: to see the footage And just make sure you hurt Keith in some way. I might act. You might be slippery. I might drop it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Again. Is it really
3: heavy? Super duper
2: heavy. You, you might drop duper? it on his head. Yes. Yeah. Oopsies.
0: Oh, that'd be a really shame. We'd feel really bad about that.
1: We'd yeah. feel Dude, awful. Then, but but then he couldn't go to work yeah.
4: tomorrow, and he'd have to do a lot more work. No. Yeah.
1: Think about when you're when you're trying to hurt him. Think about how Richard Sherman would hit someone early and, and imitate that sort of.
2: thing. I mean I already had an arm surgery. Could we not be <laughs> pulling on the <laughs> He's arm? He's fragile. All right. Thank <laughs> no. you. So, uh, can you need this as a bib or something at some point. So we'll be seeing that here shortly. Yeah. More patents too. On the way. Momentarily. It's inevitable.
1: I can't wait myself
2: so. oh it's i can't wait for more patents to do. it's spine chilling is what it is i've got to chill up and down my spine in anticipation tell. breathless anticipation
1: Eight seven four seven is the uh, phone number. Uh, students at the University of Cape Town in South Africa have a mission to scrap Western science because because it's too Eurocentric. And that's what we've been saying for a while. Oh,
2: man. If we had a nickel for every time we said that the West is too Eurocentric. Yeah. Well, you have that. Uh, How wealthy would we be?
1: You have that scrap Western science. It's too Eurocentric bumper sticker on your car. Right. Um, which is. I, right. I think a bit obscure to a lot have of people. You not yeah. had
2: that removed yet? No. No. So that would, no, I've got it across half the windshield because so many of the spaces on my car have been taken out. You
1: can't see, can you?
2: Yeah, I can, I can see out this side, but if I have to look that way, All right, you not as much. can't really see it. My passengers are kind of pissed, but <laughs> I don't care. Uh, let's uh, Let's watch this clip. All right.
4: How do we even start to decolonize science? Because science is true because it is science. And you know what can you do? And my, my response to that once, if I personally were committed to enforcing decolonization, science as a whole is a product of Western modernity and the whole thing should be scratched off, especially in Africa. So if you, want, if you want practical solutions to how to decolonize science, we'd have to restart science from, I don't know, an African perspective, from our perspective of how we've experienced science. For instance, I had a question for all the science people. is uh, There's uh, a place uh, in Khezir, in Khabialingana, and they believe that through uh, the magic, the black magic, you call it black magic. They call it witchcraft. Others that you are able to send a lightning to strike someone. So, can you explain that scientifically? Because it's something true. that happens.
2: In... What? I'm not even sure I understand what's exactly happening there. Are they? So <clears throat> they're saying that science should be scratched off? Is that what she's kind of saying? Yes. Uh, That's true. That's true. It's too western. Science is too western amazing so amazing. how do they explain how how do you explain when you send a lightning bolt uh, to someone else. If that could happen,
1: believe me, <laughs> we have that, one person who's been going well, to be cooked magic, a long time ago.
2: G- magic dictates that you can send oh. a lightning bolt over there and strike him with it. So so how why, do you explain yeah, that? Why doesn't science Mr. Talk about Western that? Science. They don't talk about that. They don't talk you know about that. How many times
1: that? I've tried to send a lightning bolt <laughs> to a particular <laughs> address <laughs> in Fort Worth? <laughs> oh, if it worked, believe me, I would have had it done already. So, I'll
0: tell you that. Why <laughs> would you do the lightning to my family? I never yes, said your Trust name. me. Uh, I have done this. Oh wait.
1: <laughs> Here's a uh, part two of that clip.
4: Western knowledge is totalizing. It is saying that it was Newton and only Newton who knew or saw an apple falling, and then out of nowhere decided that gravity existed question, and right. created uh, an equation, and that is it. For the re- whether people knew Newton or not, or whether whatever happens in Western Africa or Northern Africa. The thing is the only way to explain gravity is through Newton who sits under a tree and saw so an Apple fall. So Western modernity is the problem that decolonization directly deals with, to say that we are going to decolonize by having Knowledge that is produced by us, that speaks to us, and that is able to accommodate knowledge from our perspective. So if you're saying that you disagree with her approach, it means that you are vested no. in the Western and Eurocentric way of understanding, which means you yourself still need to go back internally, decolonize your mind, come back and say, how can I relook look at what I've been studying all these years? Because Western knowledge is very pathetic, to say the least.
1: Wow. I mean, you know, look, when you say which means that many times in a rant, Mm -hmm. like you're you're jumping too far away from the truth. Mm -hmm. It's like A, which means B, which means C, which means D, which means E, which means F. And then all of a sudden you're nowhere near the truth. Um, (laughs) The idea that uh, gravity needs to be. Uh, we need to tear down the law of gravity so that the Africans can explain how gravity works in Africa is not a good plan. You,
0: my friend, <laughs> need to go back inside yourself. Way down back inside yourself and decolonize yourself. I will, and then come back.
2: Okay, I will do but that. But you can't because you're too westernized. You're too westernized into science and stuff. <laughs> and uh, so you're too Eurocentric. Is, I don't
1: think that's the way. It's would... bad
2: and racist. Mm. Horrible. You need to go back to Africa and find out how things really work like gravity. Things like gravity are completely different in Africa. Mm, completely different.
1: R- right. Yeah.
2: Of course they are. Completely different. Uh, we also have uh, created. We're floating all over the continent right now. <laughs> floating. Just decolonization. I don't yeah. think so. Once yeah. you decolonize, you'll mm. realize yeah. that gravity
1: isn't the law you think it is. On different planets, it might work differently. But uh, here, it's pretty much uniform not so, in africa it's, no, it's not just africa, a recommendation
2: it. it's the law not in africa my friend it's a good it's a good suggestion have you ever been to
1: africa too i times? never have no never uh, have, well uh, pat, and so have. Uh, pat and i have maybe you should shut up first <laughs> yeah, of all I, I know pat has not been to africa secondly no, I, I, have, I actually uh, believe uh, you i have africa. been to africa. Uh, we have
0: been to africa you could can... yeah. yeah i'm sorry in fact I'm we've sorry, been to Jeff. cape town
1: i've been i believe we've been to cape town that's right. You did. Yes, you remember that recently. I, you know, it's beautiful I, man. That's I, a I great. I, I won't give the details on that particular trip. That. No, but, um, but I was thinking of separate trips where I guarantee Jeffy has been to Africa. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> Most shady stuff. Well, happened I'm there. just referring to this particular trip. Right, that's yeah,
0: true. yeah. That's true.
2: <laughs> I will say Africa, Cape Town, Africa, Cape Town, South gorgeous. Africa, was a total surprise to me. That it, it's a beautiful city, um, and then you know. You, you, if you drive enough, yeah. Oh, yeah. you can see some just you make really a horrific a, poverty. If you make a left Ooh. turn for three or four miles. I mean, like, you can not believe. Like, you, you yeah. see it in Mexico when you go there, and if you go to Mexico and you go to one of the resort places and you drive through the town or you drive through the outskirts, you really see some poverty. I mean, there are miles and miles and miles of these shanty towns in, in Cape Town, South Africa. That Just amazing. Heartbreaking heartbreaking poverty and,
1: and south africa is the it's like the rich neighborhood of africa. yeah yeah i mean it's the nice yeah, place in africa. right the, i mean you know because go go.
2: there are some really nice places and it's right on the water it's right on the beach and you got that surf coming up these beautiful beaches and then just a few miles away yeah you, you see the, what these people are going through that's really horrible yeah, and
1: near i mean you have nearby uh, the central african republic uh, yeah. swaziland yeah, yeah is, which you want to talk re- really worse really
2: ugly in some of those places really bad uh, so yeah there you go. You know, they could use some Eurocentric Eurocentricity yeah. because uh yeah. it works. I mean, capitalism just works. If you would just let it happen. I mean, look at what has happened. We'd be in the same situation if it weren't for freedom and capitalism and uh mm-hmm. the opportunity to thrive and invent and explore and do and go when you don't have those opportunities, you you continue to be stuck where you are. I I don't know why they can't understand that. And now there are so many forces uh, pushing against them to ever experience that because of this uh, global warming
1: garbage. I mean, where they don't so, want them developed. Every lesson they have learned in their entire lives is either that you know white people are evil, or that uh, you know uh, global warming is if they try to develop anything will kill them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not a it's not a, I mean, and look, you know, South Africa has a fairly legitimate beef with white people. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, it does. I'm not here. It does. I understand why these things uh, exist and, and many times they have real backing. It's unfortunate they get tied together. You know, it's like, uh, look at that. I mean, it, the, the clip we showed is the perfect example of it. They're saying the law of gravity is bad because white people came up with it. This is the problem. Um, You know, how do you improve a society when you're blaming the law of gravity on white people? I don't know how you do it. Now, look, I understand you're going to have problems with white white people in some of these areas. And, and, and you know, that's not our fault here in America. Uh, But it is the fault of people who were there and did terrible things and ran awful governments for long periods of time. Uh, However, it's not gravity's fault. It ain't Newton's fault.
0: (laughs) I'm reminded uh, by the feed, though, uh, by Sean, that uh, we live in a post-fact world. So, uh, uh, Stu, duh.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) true. Stu is inevitable. So, hang on. Here it comes. Well, not right now. I mean, we're going to have to, right. to the commercial topic doesn't make any
1: sense. Why would we take a break? The Unless the
2: law of gravity reverses itself and we float out of here. I don't know. Because that could happen. It looked there, though. It was, you know, Whitey came up with it. So, I don't know.
1: Welcome back. Triple 8727 back is the phone number. Do we have the uh, crazy uh, Halloween candy dispensers? Is that where we should go here? That's where we should go. I I mean, it's almost Halloween. We're going to be doing it. it. We need to be doing more candy tasting, though. I'm a little disappointed we don't have a spoonful. Oh, it's
2: the 17th already. And uh, how many Halloween? One? One Halloween tasting thing? I think you were out for one of them. Two? Was I? Maybe
1: three. Maybe three. Uh, (laughs) Not very many. Not enough. Not enough. Is, wait, are, let me ask you this: Are there three Halloween candies available? No, there's no. many, many. many <laughs> more <laughs> than that, is probably it? thirty thousand. Right, and what so. happens? We we are we are forced to suffer here.
2: Yeah. Without anything. So you guys, did, you did Halloween tasting with, without me? Actually. I don't know if we did. I uh, was out with the I think, shingles like one no, no. day.
0: No, we did not, Stu. You Those, bastards. Uh, there's no way we touched any food like that when you Pat was gone.
1: Bastards. Oh, that's right. You were. That was the day we had uh, Twinkies. Twinkies and uh, pumpkin spice Twinkies. Seriously? And, uh, they were pumpkin freaking spice Pop good, Tarts. too. Uh, I missed were good. I bet those
2: were good. Twinkies were they good? Were good yeah. I didn't have the Twinkies. I had the Pop-Tarts. Why didn't you have Twinkies? Uh, it's no. one of the
1: stupid... The you got to be kidding. Those yeah. are made
2: with animal parts? Yeah,
1: they put all sorts of... Like little... what? Just a few little tendons. The marshmallow, <laughs> <right>? it's, <laughs> marshmallow. It's, the, it's the marshmallow, right? It's the marshmallow in the middle, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. a few little tendons. Well, a few little tendons and, and bones and stuff. So a little skeleton.
0: You can't even tell it's tendons. No, one, you, a few I'll little
1: get, tendons and bones and I,
2: stuff. I will grant you, you cannot tell it's tendons. that's the point. In Twinkies,
1: <laughs> they are made <laughs> with animal tendon and bone yeah, parts? Yeah, I think the issue is it's cheaper, right? I mean, like, you can, it's a waste product from other right. meats. So yeah,
2: because yeah, we were talking yeah. about this with gelatin, because there are uh, vegan Little yep. gelatin fruit chews yes, and stuff that I love, and, yep. and I'm really hooked good. on them, and and they're really really good, and so you right. can eat those. We we're talking about because I was get, I'm getting hooked on the sugar free Jello.
0: I love the you know the sugar free jello Just do quick jello o at all. And you right? can't eat, yeah. I mean, who cares? A little bone dust, you're good. Let's go. Let's mix up. <laughs> you're gonna out. get a I'm, little bone dust. Out little out. bone I dust a little with hot water, and cold
2: water. You're good. <laughs> uh,
1: and tendon, right? It's made out of boiled animal tendon. Yeah, but the issue is, that that is, is, that is it's weird. cheaper, right? Why? I, guess that's yeah, why I guess I guess so. I guess, yeah. so. I guess so. I mean, you
2: can make it with something
1: else. Yeah, and they do. in a lot of even like things like marshmallows are also made from gelatin. But there's marshmallow products all the time that aren't made like that. You can get vegan marshmallows. Yeah. First of all, they have vegan marshmallows. But like you know, like a lot of marshmallow candies and like the the marshmallows and like cereals typically don't have that. that it's it. really creepy it's though, that they do that. It's just a matter of being, ick. That's I, kind It of gross. is a weird process I will say. You know it goes back to one of those things of like who was the first person who thought this was a good idea? Right. Yeah, hey, like, you hey, know, let's boil some animal tendon. We'll boil them; and it'll turn into this like wiggly product, and then we'll just flavor it like
2: strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> what? How uh, do you? Well, that's, how do you come up? with that, like that That
0: guy probably <laughs> made a million, a millions of dollars working for I'm that sure company, it was a, man. It, no it certainly Those was come a come brilliant up. discovery, Most yeah. man. No, use it all. Use it all. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I'm, weird. it's not no a waste. thing for
1: me, but I mean, you think about like. The fact that it actually does taste good. I mean, yeah. you can use it. It gets a certain texture that you well, can't really get it other ways The Indians easily. taught
2: us that, right? Use every part of the animal. There you go. And, uh, and, and then, to be if fair. If you got to
1: use it, you, you might as well use it, right? I mean, and to be I, fair, I, the you know.
2: Twinkies were good. They were and fresh. You didn't like them.
0: Yeah, they were. Really, they were good. They were really, yeah. uh, the pop tarts. So I'm not were a, a big, big Twinkie fan, but I'm not either. But these were. Pu- I mean,
1: they were fresh. They were mm.
0: juicy and warm. Oh, it's
1: good. Juicy. The, po- the pop tarts had this. T- mm. The typical issue you have with pop tarts, which is there's a you know we had a there's a border wall. There's a Donald Trump border wall on all pop tarts. The, the, the mm. tastiness, and then there's a wall. So like you can't, <laughs> as an illegal immigrant, get to the good part of the pop tart without going through the wall somehow. Um, and uh, so I. What but, was it, the wall? What's the... It's that, like, the, the pastry crust. Coke, the the crust. crust stuff that, like, just yeah. a wall yes. of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, 30% of the Pop-Tart's I told, awful.
2: I told you how to get around that. That's yes. why I like toaster strudel better. Yes,
1: toaster strudel doesn't
2: have that Much, issue. much better. Now, Jeffy
1: yeah. solved the problem in an innovative way, I thought, which was to break it into quarters. If you break it into four pieces, you get basically, like, a piece of pizza where, like, you're holding the crust from the backside, and you're eating into the good part.
2: Okay, um, which well, is pretty corner, brilliant. And I
1: expected that sort of innovation from Jeffy on pop.
2: Well, yeah, because he could power through and figure out a good way to get fatter.
1: And then, as right? I mentioned, have,
2: uh,
0: as I mentioned
2: when we were eating that stew, is that what you have left
0: on, is the crust, which <laughs> amazingly tastes great if you dip it in milk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he actually did do that. Milk. That's right. You're, you're going to be flashbacks. I would hit you like, so hard like, it oh, your you whole just family. He's in milk, and then everyone, everyone on, on uh, Twitter oh, like, "Oh my gosh, the whole world!" Oh, oh, that was uh, a perfectly uh, executed uh, milk segue. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. With perfectly that milk. executed <laughs> milk
2: segue. That's not a thing okay, okay. If I stop, stop it. it now how do you that's feel not about not being here after uh, i tell you what jeffy said i'm, glad. About I'm very very glad
1: milk, i'm very glad i mean he basically ruined my entire day when he said it
2: and he looked at me like oh i said yeah. it i said the milk
1: thing again did you hear that
2: all right do we have time for let's no, let's do let's do one uh halloween Pick the dispenser best one. what's the best one let's, there it is oh, there's one. and that's great okay there you that's saw it. that oh, it. <laughs>
1: give <laughs> me another one let's give another one all right give me one more
2: Let's see. And okay. there it is. Uh, okay. Oh, that's cute. Halloween candy right. Yeah, Let's do another one. We're going to get that's to one, one really more. Let's do One more. All right. right There's another that. one. Okay. Give me one more. Yeah, Let's do one more. <laughs> let's do one more. Uh, oh, I
0: like that one. Give us the last yeah, one. Give us
2: one more. Okay. There it is. Oh, and there you have really oh, it. Oh, let's, let's do one Let's do one more. You know what those are? Those are creative ways to dispense Halloween candy. That's what I find them to be. We'll see you
4: tomorrow. You
2: know what? Do this, though.